0: Hey, everyone, you're listening to the Product Design Podcast, the podcast that helps bring your product idea to life by chatting with successful inventors, product designers and other industry professionals. I'm Kevin Maco, your host. Our goal here is to get to the bottom of what makes a product successful. From an initial idea to putting your product on the shelf, we're taking you step by step to build a functional product and scale your product business. In today's episode, we're extremely excited to be talking to Jonathan Schlue, the founder and CEO of Car Generator. John has successfully identified a household need and created a product for the masses. After successfully funding the product on Indiegogo, he's appeared on Dragon's Den, Toronto Star, CTV, and many others. John and I are diving deep into his entrepreneurial journey, specifically how he determined his niche, the importance of an MVP, and some key tips to remember when building a successful product business. Let's get started. Jonathan Schlough, it's great to have you on the podcast. Very excited to have you here. We've been working together for a considerable amount of time. I want to kick it off with asking you just first to tell us a bit about your product,
1: the Car Generator. So thanks for having me on the podcast. Car Generator is a really simple product. And when you see it, you think, wow, why didn't someone think of that before? It's a really simple thing that is about the size of a backpack that attaches to your car. When the power goes out, you attach it to your car and you get power. And it's enough power to either run your house, which is your furnace, your fridge, freezers, sump pumps, lights, those kinds of things, or to take it camping and use it for camping or the cottage. It's very light, it's starting at nine pounds, attaches to your car in just a minute and gives you up to a thousand watts of power instead of a big, stinky, noisy generator.
0: And that's great. And you know, you've had a tremendous amount of success with this and it's been you know, incredible macro design has been a partner from the early stages of of development. And we've watched you go through to huge success on dragon's den, that hundred thousand dollar offer I've seen you selling this product all over the place. Uh, you're now in talks with big box retailers, distributors, wholesalers, like, you know, you've really crushed it and, uh, we're definitely going to get into that later on the show. But I want to kind of bring it back to the beginning and talk about some of the early days. Let's rewind back in time a few years. You came up with this idea. You aren't in the product space. This was an entirely new venture for you. Mm-hmm. And you had that aha moment. Tell tell us about that innovation. Like What sparked that kind of genius idea that was the beginning of such a success story?
1: Absolutely. So it all began. And actually, I originally knew you through an entrepreneurs group, which was really cool. That's right. right. We've done stuff. We've been an entrepreneurs group. And then um, I ran a tech company in the software CRM software space. And then I sold it and we bought an Airstream. An Airstream is like a beautiful Shiny travel trailer looks like a silver bullet, and it's beautiful and you can go anywhere with it So my wife and my daughter and myself and our two dogs We love to go camping and traveling and so we bought an airstream we traveled across the country and we love Using it and one of the coolest things is that it's self-contained so that means that you can take it anywhere you want but the one thing you need wherever you go is power so I realized, um, and we have like a half a kilowatt of solar on the roof, five big panels, of, but it's still not enough. So I was sitting there one day and I thought, hmm, my car, our vehicle, our SUV that we tow with, is actually a generator. It's three quarters of a generator right there. And then I figured out a way to add a component to it. You just need the one piece, which is an inverter and to do it right. And you've got a full generator. And so a product was born and we use that for camping. And then the real aha moment happened later that year in around October, I was sitting on my porch, front porch. And I was thinking, if the power went out, how would I keep our house warm? And at first I went out and I bought a great big kerosene heater and I got a bunch of kerosene cans because when the power goes out in the winter time, you can survive anything. You can use flashlights, you can do everything, but what you need is heat. You need to keep your whole house warm. So. Then I thought, I wonder if I could take this invention that I used for camping and hook it up to my home furnace, which is really a crazy idea. Like, who do you know that hooks up their car to their furnace, right? So I did, and it worked. And again, the product was born at that moment when I realized you can use this for camping, for your cottage, for your house backup, and we basically have grown from there. So shortly after that, As luck would have it, we had an ice storm and our power went off for three and a half days. So I pulled out an early version of this invention and I hooked it up to our trusty Toyota Highlander and we ran that car and we powered our house. Our furnace ran, our fridges ran, uh, internet, a couple of lights, computers, and we stayed in our own house nice and warm. All of our neighbors moved out, their pipes froze. And when the power came back on, we used to have a tank of gas.
0: Now, most people wouldn't say that that experience was lucky, but you (laughs) found opportunity in the darkness, right? You found a real solution there. Uh, and, And that's what, you know, we're here on the show today to talk about from that moment, that aha moment, how did you turn that into a successful business? We've got a lot, uh, listeners out there that are going to be quite interested in knowing you know, how do they take their aha moment, their idea, that vision, and how do they actually create value? How do they create a business? How do they get that product to market? So the primary focus of today's show is looking at. How did you actually succeed? How did you get products into the hands of buyers? And then, of course, we can talk about, you know, the big success after that. But really, I'm interested to know how do we take it from this idea, this spark, and take that to a point where you've actually got products on
1: the shelf that people are buying. And that's an amazing story. Sure. So let me tell you the mistakes I made along the way and what I learned as well. So one of the things that I did is – I had never been in a product business before. I was in an IT consulting company and that was great, but I'd never invented a thing, invented a product. So I actually went and I stood at Home Depot and I stood at Mountain Equipment Co-op and I stood at Lowe's and I looked at the shelves and I looked at things on the shelves and I looked at how can I put this together in a box or put something around it or whatever and that's how I started what I did in that particular case is I ran, uh, I put money in to shoot a video, to shoot a small professional video and I did a very small crowdfunding so I did 10,000 of crowdfunding just a little one just to prove that I wasn't, it wasn't just me being crazy about this, that I actually had some things to do and at the same time I went to you and I said like here's this product one of the things I liked about it is that I actually sat down with you and I sat down with some of your designers and I said this is the thing that I'm trying to create can you do this? And I had no idea about, you talked about thermoforming and liquid injection molding and, you know, different things. I had no idea about any of that, but it was amazing because I gave you this thing. And then a couple of weeks later, I came, I, you sent me this, this what do you call it, CAD rendering or like a, it's a picture, what, and it actually looked like my product and it was the coolest thing. That was like such a cool day and I still have those pictures. Um, Oh, nice. And yeah, and then so now fast forward to now, the product that we're actually, that we actually have, Um, We've progressed forward. We're manufacturing it. We're producing it. It's on the shelves. You can buy it at Amazon. You can buy it at uh, independent RV dealers. You can buy it at some HVAC, like furnace dealers. And there's some things in the works, which I'm not allowed to talk about yet, about some major (laughs) retailers, which is really super exciting because that's when you're cranking into the five and 10,000 units and up per year, which is very cool.
0: Well, let's not forget the $100,000 offer that you landed on Dragon's Den in front of
1: hundreds of thousands of people. Well, that was actually (laughs) an interesting experience. I went on, on to Dragon's Den, and I auditioned, and they called me back, um... And they said, we want you on the show. So I just went on the show. And now, of course, there was lots of prep work. I actually watched almost every episode I could could get my hands on. And I just looked to see because when you go on there, you just want to know what is it like? What do they react like? I pitched my idea. And it was interesting because it was kind of polarized. Initially, one of them, Arlene, was like, what? how about this? And then the Vincenzo Guzzo from Quebec, he said, I love that idea. It's a great idea. He actually got out of his chair, came down, wanted to look at it, hold it, look at it. He was and he was one of the lead investors, him, uh, Vincenzo Guzzo and Jim Trilliving, the Boston pizza guy, uh, were the ones that gave me the offer on the show, which is really exciting. So I came to your launch party, oh and my God, that, that was, was crazy <laughs> for me,
0: I can't even imagine for you, for me, being kind of the design firm side of things, it was incredibly emotional to watch the video, and you, you hadn't told anybody what was going to happen. Nope. Now, we might have had an idea because you threw this amazing <laughs> launch party with a ton of people, <laughs> friends, family, business partners, uh, you know, firms like ours, et cetera, and yeah. you know, so we might have had a hint that something was going to happen, but... I mean, to see that play out and watch the emotions and watch, you know, your friends and your family members like coming up to you and giving you huge hugs. I'm sure I saw tears on a half a dozen people. Yeah. I mean, it was just such a powerful statement of success. But that was only that was only a stepping stone. Yeah, Uh, that was only just, you know, one element of many other successes. I I, want to rewind again and come back to. You know, that that moment where you brought that product idea to us. I'll tell you from, from my perspective, it was really interesting to see you come in with this product idea. It was innovative. It had not been done before. Mm-hmm. And you had you'd really put some thought into, you know, how you could actually see this technology unfolding. And it was really um, kind of well thought out. Mm -hmm. You hadn't done this crazy business plan and all these other things. And and you know what? At that point in time, just my two cents, you absolutely didn't need to. Mm -hmm. You had found that golden opportunity out there Mm -hmm. and you'd put some thought into it. So when you came to us, our job actually wasn't that difficult. We were taking a great idea that you had, and we just had to do the kind of the engineering and the detail work in order to turn that from you know a rough prototype and a rough concept into a real manufacturable product. Mm-hmm. And this segues me into a question I want to ask you because I really believe in a strategy that you took in order to gain success. You took the approach of, Designing a great product, but then working to actually get a few production units so that you could actually prove some real sales with real customers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Without going, you know, crazy and raising huge amounts of money and going to like some massive elaborate manufacturing run and all this sort of stuff. You started small and you proved that this thing would work. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a bit about that, uh, you know, that concept and what kind of led you to to say, hey, let's let's try selling a few units so that I could really then create
1: an infinitely more successful business from that point to where you are today. Right? Sure. Actually, it's interesting when I came to you and I didn't know where do you start in this space because I'd never done this before. And when I came to you, you told me about something called an MVP, which is a minimal viable Minimum Viable Product, which really made me think, okay, so we're not designing this to be the ultimate end goal right off the get-go, but to get something that does the job, that works, that looks reasonably nice. Actually, it looks really nice. Um, Thank you. I decided to do everything in this as being intentional, and uh, i I don't mind taking risks, but I like to do it in a careful, calculated, methodical, and manageable way. So, even when I went on Dragon's Den, one of the things they asked me, how have you how many of you sold at that point? And I said, forty because that's what I'd done. and i said, uh, and I said very clearly, I didn't want to sell ten thousand of these things knock the you know completely knock the lights out and then the thing blew up in my face and i and i had you know and i didn't think of something right so i've done this very slowly and carefully right from the beginning now it's great because we've got a lot of units in market we've sold them coast to coast but i started in the beginning as a minimum viable product to just get every step of the way you kind of you kind of get you reconfirm that you're on the right track. And, you know, it's like if you're going to set your course, you know, from here to San Francisco, you don't like just set where you're going and then shut your eyes and hope you get there. You actually check your course along the way. And so for me, that's that's what I did. And this is big. I've seen literally
0: thousands of product startups come through our, our doors over the last 15 plus years. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that we tell them is... Those two key elements of what you just mentioned. One, minimum viable product. What is the key feature that you are trying to solve? Mm -hmm. You can always do a version 2.0 later. Focus on that thing that you identify, and don't worry about all the shiny things around that. That helps with a number of things. It means it's faster to develop, easier to develop, which Mm -hmm. of course means less expensive, quicker Mm -hmm. to production, easier to produce, less manufacturing defects, easier to explain, both to the person buying in volume and to the person, the end user and the end buyer. And easier to make adjustments, and improvements to your version 2.0 without blowing the budget on your first. So that's big minimum viable product. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that you mentioned, which was, I think very important in combination with minimum viable product is starting small to get a product out to market and to prove that people are willing to take out their credit card Mm -hmm. and pay for the thing. And then they like it. Yeah. Right now that is massive. Even if you're looking to license your product or sell it outright or uh, whatever your business strategy is, if you can prove a tiny market, that makes it very easy for a big corporate buyer to say, well, if they've tested it with just you know this tiny little edge of the world, this little piece of the world, well, with our vast distribution networks, we know we can take that same thing, scale it up, whatever else, and exactly. and, and, and create something massive from there. So uh, I'm heavily impressed how you looked at both of the those elements and now let's talk about what that did because you've got 40 products out there now at that's this at point when history, i went to dragon's right? den we have yes. hundreds now so yeah yeah, yeah. so in yeah. this point in history that, that we were talking about at that mvp in that first release 40 products are in the market you go onto dragon's den how did that affect
1: your pitch to them <sighs> It, it affected my pitch to them in that I had a very solid foundation to stand on. It wasn't just an idea that I had in my head. You know, here's like some kind of a new gizmo that I think would be a good idea. I actually had uh, units in market. We'd had customers that bought them, that liked them, that paid full price for them. And so that was a very solid foundation for me to go on there with. Now it's interesting. One of the other benefits, which was actually it was it was a very difficult for me, but it was actually a blessing in disguise. Before I went on Dragon's Den, I did some Facebook promotions. We did a little bit of some social media, put the product out there, and I got these armchair critics. Man, were they ever harsh? They were <laughs> like, this is just an inverter, this is stupid, this'll never work. But you know what? It was the best thing that happened to me. And here's why. Because I in that calm zone, and I would open up my Facebook or email, and I'd see all these comments. So oh, it's a stupid idea. How about this? How about that? And I'd h- feel in my stomach. I'd feel, oh God, what now? But it was great because actually, all those answers I had then time to think about, remessaging it, and thinking about good, clear, um, smooth answers to those questions—real questions—and. When I went on Dragon's Den, I had every, I, there was nothing really they could throw at me that would freak me out because I had already answered all those kinds of questions. So really, in a nutshell, it gave me a tremendous base. Having products in market in a small way has, gives you real power to go forward and to say, like, this product works and, you know, these customers use it. And now with hundreds of them in the market, it gives me The next level of platform to now go and approach retailers who say, oh, cool, you've got hundreds of these in the market coast to coast. People love them. They use them. And that makes a big difference when you go to talk to scale to 10,000 units because you're you're make sure that you've got your formula right at the beginning. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean,
0: you almost every successful product business that I've seen, they have haters. Yep. Right from the very early stage, all the way up to and continuing into their success. right And I think you nailed it on the head, right? It's those armchair keyboard warriors <laughs> um, you know coming at you. and, and it's hard. I, I mean, we you know, we understand that when you're making a new product, it's really difficult sometimes to separate the emotions from the feedback. And it's great to see John that you looked at that and said, okay, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And although it might hurt at first, Mm -hmm. I'm going to use this constructively. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fortify the foundation, maybe even improve the product. Mm -hmm. I'm going to understand how to fight against those those pitfalls and those criticisms. And it made you a stronger presenter, business person, better company. Um, And you essentially, you know, you didn't take that as a demise scenario. You took that as an, again, as an opportunity
1: in the darkness to, to, to make yourself and the business better. It's true. And actually, I'll share one thing that will be of comfort to people who are inventing or thinking about inventing things. Guy Kawasaki, he has a book, The Art of the Start. And I came across that in my journey. And one of the things he said really impressed me. He said that great people Products will polarize people. People will hate it and people will love it. And that was really comforting to me because I knew then that, okay, this is par for the course. You know, John, when we started our business, we had this
0: whole concept of taking, you know, professional grade premium design and tailoring it to startups and small businesses. Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody thought we were nuts. Every mm-hmm. I, I had executives from marketing companies, um, uh, major mentors of Fortune 500 companies, saying, "Kevin, you are you're absolutely nuts. This this thing will never take off. This concept is 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 impossible." Right and. But we also had people that really loved the idea. We had startups that said, oh, finally, there's a resource that we can go with our idea and somebody actually get us into production and to navigate these minefields. You know, Everything from the design all the way through the prototyping, engineering, filing patents, all that sort of stuff. It's quite a battlefield when you're new and going into it. So I had, like you said, huge polar swings. Mm-hmm. I passionately believed in this though. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we, we we kind of forged this market. We pioneered a new space, very similar to you, as you mm-hmm. did with the, with the car generator. And it's, uh, you know, then the Kickstarter movement, the Indiegogo movement, school incubators, of course, like student incubation is massive. It's a hundred times the size it is today mm-hmm. that it was 15 plus years ago when we were, we were brewing this business model. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's amazing to see see and i I guess i've been on that end of it too to see kind of those major swings and then using those though and not taking them emotionally and trying to make the best out of them and go
1: from there you basically offer like the little guy or the person who's not stepping into this with millions of dollars with a massive you know industrial design company behind them you offer the smaller person the opportunity to take their idea and grow it and you really do that's that's what you do John,
0: I want to talk about what's going on today now. I know that there's some secret things, so mm-hmm. I won't probe you on those. <laughs> sure. But I can tell from your smile that uh know some exciting stuff is coming to the horizon. What can you talk about today? You know, you're at quite a substantial level uh, of success, even beyond where that 40 unit thing. Mm-hmm. You're into hundreds of units all over the place, mm-hmm. and these are you know pieces that uh, you know they cost a few hundred dollars to buy. Mm-hmm. And are seven hundred dollars. Yep. Yeah. So so starting at you know,
1: four hundred up to seven hundred.
0: Yep. It's a nice, fair price point, and mm-hmm. it, it's a, an amazing you know almost lifesaver for for what you're offering and you know so these are these are let's call it a a, a big ticket item for Mm -hmm. purchase people are buying them though and and you've had a tremendous amount of success since that original 40 units was sold are there some tips that you can relay to how to scale your business and what kind of things to look out for after you sell those first 40 so you've proven the market Mm -hmm. now how do you actually grow that to a bigger business start me from the point where okay ready for production you've got the ability to make a handful of units how are you getting those to your customers
1: sure so the where i actually started is in conjunction when i when i started talking to you around the same time i thought how do i prove this get some legs on this from people other than family and friends i can go to family and friends and say hey buy one of these things but that's you know that's not a totally unbiased audience so what was cool about this is around the same time that i started talking to you as well i shot the video i released it and then i went on indiegogo and i ran a small campaign ten thousand dollars i set the threshold of ten thousand dollars and What was interesting about this is that I got orders, not only from some family and friends, but from people that didn't know me at all. So that was really cool. I got orders from people. When those orders start coming in, you're like, wow, someone that doesn't know me thinks this is a really cool idea. One of the other things that I did in terms of PR, so there's maybe three things you need. You need a product and create that product and develop it and manufacture and produce it. A, you need publicity to get the word out there and then you need sales basically to get those three things. So what I did is to get my PR cause I didn't know how to buy publicity at that time. I actually went, we had a power outage, and I went and I found a van, a uh, CTV, a city news or whatever, C D T V CTV news van that was filming in a neighborhood that had no power. And I said, look at this. I'm the inventor, and this is a thing that will actually power up our house. If you want to knock on one of the doors and find someone that's a willing person, then I'll hook this up to the furnace. Well, and wait we, a
0: minute. You just hunted down a
1: news van in a power outage? Yeah. So I just I, I, <laughs> I just drove. You, gotta, you have to be resourceful. In these things, you have to be resourceful. Resourceful. You gotta. The idea will come if you relax and you think about it and you focus yourself. The right idea will come to you. So I actually drove and found a neighborhood that was dark, and there was a there was a uh, TV news van there, and that's I just said to them I've got this product, and it was actually uh, CTV News, Bell Media, and so they found a guy that was in a house. His name was Terry. So I went in, I hooked this thing up to his car, and powered up his furnace, and the the news crews filmed it, and I got on. The the 11 o'clock news and it was the coolest wow. thing because people actually started ordering the product. So what I meant is you have to have the, the publicity, the PR, but you also need to have a method for people to buy the product from you. So at the time, basically, so run a i ran a kickstarter people could buy the product then uh once that was all done and we manufacture we delivered those things we got onto amazon yeah so, and
0: they they even have amazon launchpad to help with with early stage companies now like oh, and that's and, cool. and there there's a lot of different programs out there happening across the board and more coming out to really help with those initial sales mm-hmm. so it wasn't hard um you nope. know for you and this was this was a few years ago too what are the steps to get your product on amazon
1: so it's remarkably easy to get things on Amazon. Like I even today, I say to people we're on Amazon and people are like, oh wow, you're a big dog. It's so easy. I mean, you can do it. You can get on Amazon from your house. It doesn't even matter. You basically go on Amazon. There's lots of articles on Amazon on how to sign up as a vendor and how to set up a product. The one thing you'll need to do is to create a SKU or ISBN number or whatever that thing is. There's a different organizations that will help you get that product number. And and then you put your product on Amazon and you set how many you have in stock and you get it out there. Now that's only the first part. Then the second part is you need to get orders. You wanna promote it and that's a whole different field. How do you promote it so that people buy it on Amazon? Uh, that's that's a great story. So you.
0: And, and, and you know the most interesting thing to me is that you didn't shoot for the for, for the stars. And I know mm. we talked about this earlier and i think one of the you know the the fact that there's all these e-commerce channels now that are easily available they're not scary john mm-hmm. is a classic example he's you know a home inventor startup and he was able to get on amazon do his crowdfunding campaign and then grow it from there mm-hmm. use those sales in order to open the doors because i think one of the big misconceptions and we get a lot is that you're going to develop your product and all of a sudden somebody's going to either buy you out license you or a big retailer is going to take it on mm-hmm. and They're missing one critical step, and that's sales. And you'll see it on Shark Tank. You'll see it on Dragon's Den. You'll see it on, you know, if you look at our our blog, you'll see all kinds of uh, kind of experts that have weighed in that say the same thing. You don't have to get rich off your sales, but sell a
1: few units, and then you leverage that to open all of those doors. 100% right, because what they're looking for, even the big retailers, they're looking for validation in the marketplace. Even Dragon's Den, that's one of the questions they ask you is, How are your sales? How is your revenue? And that is because sales, you know, everything is good. It's all a bunch of talk. It looks great. Everything's cool until someone pulls out their credit card, puts it on the line to say, I want that product at the price you're offering it. Nothing actually is really meaningful until you get to that moment. And that's the magic moment. And retailers then they can say, okay, so you've sold hundreds of these units, almost no returns. People love it. It's great. So you know, then you can scale that, make sure you get the model right from the beginning.
0: Well, and let's talk about the customer too, because not only do you have a great idea, you have sales, but now you start getting some of those customer reviews. Yes. What does the end buyer truly think about that? Yes. Um, And I'm sure you all of a sudden can start thinking up countless examples. And I mean, why don't we run through, you know, something on the air here? You know, what are your customers saying? What's going on with that? And how does that allow you to kind of leverage that feedback to help then make the big sale? So in the, you know, thousands and I'm sure eventually tens of thousands of units.
1: Absolutely. So one of the examples is I got an order late one night. We had an ice storm where I live in Toronto, downtown Toronto. We have an ice, we had an ice storm. We had no power and I got an order at about eleven thirty at night from a guy that came it came in actually on Amazon and I noticed that he lived a block and a half away from me. So the next morning I take I actually have a car generator with me. So I actually take one over to him and I deliver it to him. So this is a lovely little family, single, you know, family house. They had no power. Their house was down to thirteen degrees. He had been up all night or during the night emptying buckets from their sump pump in the basement. And so you think there's so many different applications. And if you go to www.cargenerator.com, you can actually see this video in the story or on our website. But basically I, I delivered it to him. We hooked it up to his Subaru Outback in like a minute, ran an extension cord in downstairs, plugged it into his sump pump, so we had our video crew come over and we've, we shot videos with the tree falling down, the ice and snow everywhere. That's a real story of a, a real family that would have to move out of their house. So that's the cool thing is actually seeing these real stories about hook it up in a minute and you've got power and you're not, everyone's nice and warm in their house again. And it's great.
0: Right. And you're leveraging that amazing story to continue to grow the sales pipeline, the doors that you're opening, all that sort of stuff in, in kind of like a progressive way. And now you're expanding the line. Yep. You mentioned at the beginning that uh, now you're getting, you've got multiple different products, yep. um, you're getting into some big conversations and, and really kind of on that that growth trajectory while income is actually coming in. Absolutely. And, and you know, that's, I guess, the final thing that I wanted to address on, on your story is that the other beauty about selling products is money. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You're starting an MVP. You're getting some units made. You actually start making some money, some profit off of these unit sales, which then you can reinvest back into bigger things, more product lines, extra versions. All that stuff kind of plays into the story that you said about starting small, developing your product, getting some units out there, Mm -hmm. showing uh, you know, showing the listeners here how you actually do that. And and, and I hope that, uh, you know, everybody out there can understand that it, it's not that, not that, it seems scary, but it, it's far simpler than you think. And the more that you do it, the more comfortable that you actually get
1: to actually go through those processes. One thing in retrospect, looking back in hindsight is I was perfect. I was a bit hesitant about that. And I think if we would, if I had moved forward with different elements of what you guys like the, the form, thermo the prototyping and all the kinds of things, um, it would be, that would be helpful.
0: For well, sure. well, you made it, and you, and you, and you know, it's um, it is tough, and we we very much understand, especially as a design firm, the deals primarily with early stage companies. Everybody's budget strapped. Yeah, I mean that's the way that these startups are getting off the line. And quite often, we're trying to push clients even just to get to the next funding round or whatever else through development. Very rarely is an individual able to fund a project or get it kind of all of the the way through to you know doing big production, all that stuff. But as you've Proven, it's not necessary that you have to, you know, raise a million dollars and do this crazy huge thing up front. You can do it in small, bite sized, incremental chunks, Mm -hmm. chip away at it, grow the business, but also grow your learning and your comfort level with these things and eventually get there to, to kind of, you know, the finish line, which is also kind of the, I guess, the last thing. There's no finish line, is there, John? I mean, just bigger, (laughs) bigger pastures, right?
1: (laughs) There is never a finish line, but. The best thing about this is for the first time in my life, I can say, I love what I do. Oh my God, I love what I do. I can't wait to wake up in the morning. That's actually the icing on the cake is I don't get up and think, oh God, I got to go to work again. I actually love what I do. And that's, that's the best thing I would have to say about all of this.
0: You're certainly in a very, very cool space. And you're, you know, one of those success stories is you had this product dream, you had this Mm -hmm. invention idea and you made it happen. So I love the passion that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you actually, you always had a lot
1: of passion, but now I can <laughs> really true. see it resonating. Because um, this is what I vibrant, love doing. Right? Yeah. And that's the magic, right? This is, I really love doing about this. So yeah, you're right. So is there any other
0: tips you can, you can kind of give on maybe a lot of specific things here, but what about the emotional side? There's a lot of hesitation, nervousness, all the rest, like can you speak to the emotional side of it absolutely, and and, and and how, you know, somebody can kind of overcome those hurdles and and really get it done? And, and is it worth
1: it? Right. Which I can is no totally question, speak right? to that because there was days. The thing I'd say is for always remember tomorrow is another day. And it's interesting. Sometimes you get beat up. You have to like put it aside, go to sleep, step away from it, come back to it the next day. So there was plenty of times when I got beat up on the internet, by putting this idea out there and people, man, that actually feels like someone kicked you in the stomach because not just because they said it, because it's your baby. This is the thing that you had the idea of and this is the thing you dreamed about and you brought it to life and it's actually your baby and someone just kicked your baby and it's really hard, but what you have to do is you just put that aside and you remember there's some people who love it and some people who hate it. Don't get discouraged. Put it aside sometimes you have to just try a couple times or keep trying and a lot of business experts will say that the number one product is an issue is tenacity being persistent keeping at it figure Great. it out yeah. keep at it uh, that's amazing john and and i
0: i do a lot of uh, kind of guest speaking and one of the biggest things that i have seen with the startups that come through is that grit And it almost overcomes all other things, which the inverse is procrastination too. see, John, you saw a power outage. You went out and chased down a news (laughs) van, right? Like you just, and it's not difficult to do. And yes, occasionally it won't work and occasionally it will work. And you learn from the losses and you celebrate the wins and do more of those, right? So I definitely think that one of the the biggest roadblocks is procrastination, which the inverse, of course, is grit. And if you, know, you stuck with it, you, those hard days didn't, didn't stop you. You continued on that path uh, that you believed in and kept getting out there. See, that's one thing that I think pairs with what you were saying as well is that you also had no hesitation, even in tough times, to just try it. And that's something that really anybody can do right? You don't need uh, fancy funding. You don't need a special type of education. You don't need to be an engineer in the product space to just get out there and try things, right?
1: All of that is really within your own control, your own emotional control. And I would say there's definitely, there's two things think about it. I spend a lot of time thinking about it. I don't even watch TV because I just love to sit there and close my eyes and think and put this stuff on a workbench and think about putting things together and how it works. So think about things. But number two is take action. Like get in the car when, you know, in my case, I got in the car when there was a winter storm and I went out and I found this neighborhood. with it. So you need to think about it carefully, spend a lot of time thinking and be wise about it, but then actually take action because you need both of those.
0: Absolutely, pick up the phone, make that call, check out that website, get in the car, do what you've got to do, um, and get out there. So John, we're gonna go through some kind of rapid fire questions here um, to help our listeners through entrepreneurship and product development uh, from your experience. Question number one, what are two or three main tips that you think are
1: important in the product development process? Number one, I would say, think about what is the purpose for the product. Number two is what's the need or what's the pain? And then third is think about how does your product specifically answer it and in what way does it answer that for those people? Awesome. You mentioned
0: MVP, Minimum Viable Product. Why is that so important to keep in mind when
1: developing your first consumer product invention? Minimum Viable Product lets you build a product that's good enough that people can see, taste, and touch, and that you can actually have people buy or give you feedback on before you launch into tens of thousands of units.
0: Next question. When you're developing your product, what should you be doing every
1: day as an entrepreneur? Think a lot about what problem it is you are trying to solve. Think about your customer. Take action get out there and start doing things. Like you need to go out there to think about how could this be your look or do. What are the two or three avenues that a startup should use to actually get their product to market? Um, Number one, you can do crowdfunding. Number two is figure out who your customers are going to actually be, whether they're the actual end customers or whatever, and go out and take your product to them and say, look, this is the product. What do you think about it? John, really appreciate you being uh, on the show. How
0: can we buy a car generator?
1: So you can buy a car generator by going to www.cargenerator.com, all one word. And you can see examples. We've got uh, a couple of different models there and you can see testimonials, videos, people that use it. And it's really, it's the generator for people that never want to buy a generator. It's that thing that it'll just work when you need it. And, and the other rest of the times, put it away and forget about it. That is a good pitch. Thank you. <laughs>
0: John, really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks again. And uh, we look forward to having you back another day. So you're quite an inspiration to many of the listeners out there, I'm sure. Thanks, Thanks Kevin. again.
1: Thanks again. Thank you.
0: Today, we chatted with Jonathan Schlue, the founder of Car Generator. During the episode, Jonathan mentioned a few key insights to highlight. One, identify a true need. Test the waters and make sure that what you want to provide is actually what your customer needs. Two, create an MVP first. A minimum viable product is a great way to get feedback on your product, lower production costs, and test your price point. Number three, start slow. You don't need to scale up your production in the beginning stages of development. Start with a small niche and iterate as you determine your market's needs and wants. And number four, just go for it. Don't procrastinate. Get on Amazon, audition for Dragon's Den, hunt down a news fan, whatever it takes. Not everything will work, but when it does, celebrate that win. Thanks for listening to the Product Design Podcast, the podcast that teaches you what it really takes to bring your product to market. I'm your host, Kevin Macko. See you next time.